It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Did you miss us? I mean, probably not. Probably not me, at least. I mean, back by popular demand, Gwen Rhodes, Brian Pellerin, uh, back with the Seminole Softball Wrap, the Need to Know Softball Podcast, Gwen and the Idiot, whatever name you choose to take it. <laughs> uh, we're back. We're going to go ahead and, and do an off-season podcast that I don't really know super regularly, maybe monthly, maybe depending on how often we get good things, but uh, Gwen, I got to say, everyone seemed to be asking you for it, or at least enough people to, to make no. it seem like, let's do it. I know. It was kind of crazy. I didn't think we were in that high demand, but I'm glad we are. Yeah, it was. Uh, we, we always had good listenership, but I was like, you know what? I'm sure carrying into the offseason, people are like, it's all good. But uh, as transfer portal things were swinging around and um, players were signing and to go pro, it was like, and to go pro, into going pro, it was like, you know what? Why not? Let's talk about it. Yeah. Let, let's get things going. Uh, I think our idea, at least for now, is that there's news. We'll talk news. And if we can get someone fun to talk to, interviews or just interesting guests, um, we'll go for that, too. Just try and keep it fun, keep it engaging. And, yeah. and if, if we can find something fun for you, we'll find something to do. Um, if you're all right, I, I'm cool if we jump right into Transfer Portal as the first thing we start with. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. Um, so I think we were talking beforehand, the, the way we're understanding you right now is the portal is closed currently. So no new entrance unless you're a grad transfer. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. So well, last time we talked, the the season wrap episode, the big news was that Jordy Ball was in the transfer portal, the, the OU pitcher. I don't believe she was officially at, like, I'm going to Nebraska, but, like, it was the worst kept secret ever that she was going to go to Nebraska. Yeah. Um, so now she's officially there, and but she's not the only real star that kind of enter as, as kind of a surprise, even out of just Oklahoma. You had Oklahoma State's ace Kelly Maxwell, who's at the portal, and Stanford's Alina Vauder. Hopefully I didn't butcher that name because I've mm -hmm. only read it and never actually said it out loud until this very moment. I didn't prepare myself for it. That was the <laughs> internal panic you're hearing now. Um, obviously, I mean, if you could have gotten a Jordy Ball, that would have been great, but that seemed like she was locked to Nebraska immediately. There really was no question. Yeah. Um, but Maxwell and Vaughn are both out there. So is, is that something around? Um, what I guess do we know about those, those two looking around? Yeah, I know that Alana Vaughn is actually on campus at Florida state this weekend. I don't know what day, 
Um, I do know that she visited Georgia and South Carolina before us and that she has Florida right after us. Um, as far as I know, like, and you, one would assume is like the staff wants her ASAP if she has a plan to go to Florida after us. Um, I don't, I know details, but I don't know like what details I'm allowed to say publicly. I know that we're, we're going as all in as we can on a lot of water for sure. So especially with Florida coming up right after us. It makes sense. And it seems like she's, she's uh, running through the Southeast here. Um, mm-hmm. And she just, I mean, it looks like she's from Kansas city. So it's not like it's a, uh, yeah. I don't know her, her going, coming back home area, but it seems like she's trying to get into uh, this area. And do, do you know why she's looking around or, or any ideas? I don't know. Um, I'm not entirely sure. Maybe just like the level I think, you know, Florida State and Florida are at and like especially Florida next year, it looks like they're going to be pretty good. Um, And in Georgia and South Carolina's case, like South Carolina was pretty good last season. It looks like they're on the come up. So maybe she wants to join a team that she can help take to that next step, um, but still plays at a pretty high competitive level being in the SEC. That's probably what Georgia and South Carolina are. Um, And then you have us in Florida who are known like powerhouse programs um, and that can for sure take you to the next step. Um, I guess it's just dependent on what she wants to do. And of course her being a grad transfer from Stanford academics probably plays a big part in, in it as well. Yeah. And I, I, I'll put a pin in Florida as an up and coming team and hit one more on, on Kelly Maxwell before we get there. Um, what have you heard there? It seems like anything I see on there is, is Oklahoma fans trying to will that into existence. Yeah, I, I honestly haven't heard too much about Kelly Maxwell. I think I've just kind of heard that she's a little bit maybe hard to get in touch with or like from the staff point of view or from the team point of view. Um, maybe academics plays a role with her too because she's also a grad transfer and I believe her her major is like um, medical business or something like that. So I've heard like UF is a rumor for her. I don't, I truly don't know if she's visited anywhere or anything. Um, yeah, she's kind of a big mystery to me. Yeah. It, it's funny. Cause like I, in trying to research for this and prepare, I was, like I said, I, the only thing I really found in terms of where name names around her was just, OU fans trying, like I said, yeah. talking it into existence, but not anything like, yeah, that's actually where she's leaning. Um, it yeah. seems like that's a very close to the vest transfer going on there. Yeah. I mean, uh, if, I, if I were Kelly Maxwell, I, I would think like maybe OU is in the mix. Like if you're just thinking at it from a fan perspective, maybe OU is in the mix, maybe Florida, maybe us. I'm not like, of course I want to say us, but I'm not entirely sure. When you, when you mentioned Florida, I just think of the, the, the off season they seem to have already had. I feel like every list I pull up of, of, I guess, top transfer classes, they seem to come up. What have you seen from Florida? Obviously it's not, it's a rival, not one that's uh, in your path of ACC or things, but one you also don't want to see collecting a lot of talent. Yeah. So, I mean, Florida did have kind of a big exodus in terms of their pitching, um they had well olivia gigante's currently in the portal she hasn't declared a new home yet um sam rowe who's a catcher left they had elizabeth hightower leave due to graduation and samantha bender as well and then you had lexi delbree transferred to louisiana with sam rowe 
there's a picture um so just like those that core group being gone was like a big problem for Florida and it was kind of like okay how are they going to reload they do have two freshman pitchers coming in both Gatorade players of the year in their state and one is the overall national Gatorade player of the year um so they do have two really good pitchers coming in um so it was kind of like how is Florida are they going to look for more pitches or are they going to look for um, more offense? And I think they've gone towards more offense. Um, They have Corby Otis from Louisville, who's pretty good power bat. And they have Jocelyn Erickson from Oklahoma, who was a pretty good freshman for OU, but just didn't get a lot of playing time for whatever reason. Um, She did start a handful of games and she was a pretty good recruit coming in for them. Um, And they have Brooke Barnard from Ole Miss as well. So it's just that SEC experience transferring over for the Gators. So I think, they are more looking towards offense. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they get Maxwell or even Vodder out of the portal. I think that's definitely what they want. Um, they did lose their pitching coach, Mike Bosch, to NC State. He is now with the Wolfpack. Um, but they brought in North Carolina's pitching coach. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe it was like a pitching question for a while while the while all why all those pitchers left. But um, with a new pitching coach secured in place, I wouldn't be surprised if they try to bring in one or two more pitchers. Yeah, and, and the pitching coach has no connection to really what they're what they have or what they're bringing in. You can kind of start fresh, however the coach would like. Uh, where else yeah. have you seen Florida State connected? I know. Um, obviously, we talked about kind of Vodder coming through, but where else are they looking? Generally, are they looking are they looking to add bats? Obviously, they're looking for, for rotation pieces. Yeah, I, I mean, with the pitchers, I know, like, I guess I can just tell you, we've had Peyton Monticelli on campus, who's now at OU. Um, we had Carly Keeney on campus, who's now at OU as well. Um, those were both pitchers. Peyton was from Wisconsin, and Carly was from Liberty. Um, so we were looking for pitchers. Obviously, we still are with Alana. I know we were looking at shortstops for a while and maybe still are. I don't know who is on campus, but I know we've had Alex Brown, who was on campus. She was from North Carolina and is now at Clemson. Um, and we also had Taryn Kern on campus, who is the Indiana transfer, who's now at Stanford. So, so, so it seems uh, mostly mostly looking at arms, um, and it kind of makes sense when you look at what you've lost in in Cat this past season. Um, I guess where does this FSU rotation at currently? Uh, looking at who's left, you, obviously you have McKenna, who who kind of figures to step up into that spot. Um, Maddie Bach, Emma Wilson, and Allison Royalty. I guess, where do you see the strengths of that group? Where do you see uh, maybe what they still kind of need? And yes, this is the episode I like to call Interviewing Gwen. <laughs> um, I think if we, for some reason, I, I think we will, but if for some reason we don't get another pitcher, um, I think McKenna and Allison may be like that one and two kind of combination just because, McKenna, we all saw what she can do last year. She has that experience now, and Allison has multiple years of experience, but last year was more of a transition period for her. I heard Coach o was like changing her pitching mechanics a little bit, um, so that's kind of why she didn't play as much toward the end of the season, or she was kind of shaky at times, um, so she was going through that transition period. But Allison Royalty has a lot of good experience. Like when she was a freshman at Arizona State, you know, she was that one and two pitcher that they needed at the time. So she has the experience of like carrying a team when it needs to be done. Um, Maddie Bach, I, we didn't get to see her a lot last year. And when we did, it was, you know, very rocky for her, unfortunately. Um, But she's been down in 
the Florida Gulf Coast League playing summer ball. Um, and from what I've seen, she's done pretty good. Um, she had 28.1 innings appearance in, in all that action down there. So she's getting valuable experience against other Division One, Two, and Three players. Um, that's kind of what you need if you're someone like Maddie Bach. Um, Emma Wilson, I don't really know. I don't really know about Emma, to be quite honest. Like, I don't e- I think the last time we saw her probably pitch was in maybe March and she doesn't pitch for that long. Um, she's maybe like a two outs left in the game kind of girl, it seems, or she starts a game, but maybe goes for an inning or maybe goes for two outs or something like that. So I think that's kind of her role on the team moving forward, even into this next year. Yeah, it looks like maybe April, first weekend of April was her last appearance. Um, when you look at someone like Allison Royalty, who came over from Arizona State with, with, um, I don't want to say pedigree, but but you know a lot of experience and and someone you kind of were excited to bring into the program. Um, mm-hmm. How important do you think this offseason can be to to really full reset now that she's comfortable in Tallahassee and comfortable with the program, knows where everything is? Like, how much of that do you think can just be? She needed an extra year to just kind of settle in. Yeah, I think that, and just like the luxury of having as many pitchers as we did this last year, like it wasn't all on her. Like she kind of got that, she got enough playing time to get that experience, but she also got enough like quote unquote downtime to just like get acclimated to the program and the players and how like Florida State plays softball. Um, And just kind of going into this next year, like getting back into what she knows and how she can help the team in more innings. Um, Because if we stick to these, Four pitchers, like I said, I don't think we will, but if we do, like she's been there and she knows how to help carry a team with a limited amount of pitchers on staff. Um, and I think her and McKenna are probably gonna be if all if this sticks, like her and McKenna are gonna be those two pitchers that, you know, are the Friday, Saturday girls and one of them or they both go on Sunday. And just just her clarity, if you're listening to this maybe on Sunday or Monday, I'm not sure when we're releasing it, but uh, if something else happens or, or whatever, this is we're recording this as of Sunday, Saturday morning, the 22nd of July. So if you're like, oh, well, then Monday, this already happened. Well, guess what? We didn't know. It's Saturday afternoon. Um, one other question. We've got the lineup, and I'm not sure that really it is a question. Um, I, I feel like I look at this, and I, there's so many names that just pop out as returning and how important and helpful that's going to be. Mudge, Harding, Flaherty, Kerr, Waycaser, Ross. Edenfield, Dak, Belvi, Hartley, Frey, Fry, Frey, Fry, Fry. Damn. See, look yeah. at that. I have a friend whose name's spelled exactly the same, and he goes Frey. That's on me. I know. I thought the same, but yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> there you go. Um, but they've got people who played upwards of thirty games, kind of all over the place, and that was quick math. About eleven, I just listed off. Um, obviously, you're you're losing Josie and and things like that, but mm-hmm. that's a spot to replace. But otherwise, this lineup seems really pretty similar yeah I mean I think that's probably why we're probably going more pitcher heavy in the portal like yes we want that shortstop but I think you know Christina could play shortstop like maybe Maddie Frey I'm not or Maddie Fry sorry I'm not entirely sure I think she came (laughs) in as a catcher but you know if she's versatile enough she can play shortstop Amaya could probably play shortstop as well so if we don't get another shortstop in the portal um, we do have those other players that can step up and be more utility players. Um, but yeah, like I think, you know, we have a very soft, like 
we only lose one starter, I believe, out of the lineups. We lose Josie, obviously. Um, so, yeah, I mean, in yeah, I, I, I think our lineup coming back is very stacked and very solid. Um, it has that extra year of experience, you know, and Katie Dack coming back next year as well. Like, you want to see her step up and get those big innings as well. Yeah, I was just about to ask about Katie Dack. If she's kind of in that same Allison royalty type thing, I think Katie Dack, if I remember correctly, was even a late transfer in, maybe a yeah. January transfer in. Uh, having that extra year, she seems like someone who could be the um, take a big step this offseason player. Yeah, and like we we heard about it a bunch of times during the season where it's like, yes, Katie Dack came in in January, but she was already talking to the team in December and November and all this stuff, even when she wasn't on campus. Um, but, you know, as great as that is and like as valuable as that connection is as early as possible, like you don't know the group of girls you're working with or playing with or practicing with until you get there um, and start going through all these different things. So I think Katie Dack having the year she had, which was still really good. I think she's only going to take it to the next level um, in the next season. And maybe, you know, she plays on the infield a little bit. Maybe she's first base. Maybe she's third base. Um, because she does have the ability to, to play those positions as well. And maybe other people get shuffled around. Anyone you thought really kind of stepped up their game in the postseason that you could see? Same. I mean, the name that came to me was like a Dev Flaherty, who I thought really found this... Um, I don't know, clutch gene, I guess, is the sports cliche word to go for it. But it felt like she was really she was always up in timely spots and made timely hits. Um, maybe yeah. someone there that, that could you could see kind of growing to control that middle of the infield and kind of help bring along that new shortstop. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Yeah, I think that's just what Dev has done the past couple of years. Like, she is, like, the quiet underdog where, like, she does consistent plays, but she doesn't necessarily get, like, the recognition of a Michaela Edenfield or somebody like that. Like, um, but I think Dev has, you know, she's always been consistent and she always has played a very consistent and well-deserved second base um, yeah, she's going to be, I believe, a graduate next year. So she's going to be that super senior. Um, and having that kind of 
experience, that kind of leadership, especially on the infield is extremely important. When you think about, you're not going to have your typical first base when you're not going to have Mac, you're not going to have BK there and you're not going to have your typical shortstop there anymore. Um, so that's two positions out of the what five on the infield that aren't going to be there anymore. Um, so having the voice of Deb and even the voice of Kaylee, who's been at third base and played it really well this past year, but she's still a great leader on the team. Um, having those two right there in your ear, if you're a shortstop or first baseman, is going to be extremely valuable. I'll take this time to officially apologize to the Fry family, the, the <laughs> wonderful people. I'm very sorry. Maddie Fry, I'm very sorry. Um, anything we didn't talk about? Uh, obviously, it's it's off season time, so I don't I don't think we need to overly stretch this out. But is there anything around this team that you think is is worth mentioning? Um, I don't know. I think it's kind of quiet for the current team right now. Um, you know, camp season and all that. But if you're a Seminole fan, you know Seminoles are still playing professional softball. Um, Athletes Unlimited starts, I believe, on the 28th. Cat's going to be there. Jesse Warren's going to be there, and now Josie's going to be there. Um, so that's really exciting. I believe those are on the ESPN platforms. Um, and then Sid Cheryl's playing with the WPF and the OKC Spark, and she's doing pretty well. Elizabeth Mason is also there playing for the Texas Smoke, I believe. Um, those aren't on the ESPN family of channels, but it is available online, I believe, somewhere to watch. Yeah, they do They do play on the ESPN channels. It does start the 28th, ESPN2, ESPNU, the first couple of games. Um, and then ESPN plus after that. So that's this upcoming weekend. Yes. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, week one. And then they'll run through. It looks like the end of August. So you got. You, this could lead you right into football season. You you need your exactly. fix. This is it right here. Athletes Unlimited. You're welcome for the shameless plug we just gave you. Come on to the show. Let's talk about your program. Um, <laughs> Um, outside of that, yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Uh, you know, we see Kat and uh, Josie was just recently added, I think you said, right? I think I just saw that yeah. last week. Yeah. Um, so you get a chance to watch them all play again. And and, and it's, it can't get much easier than ESPN and ESPN family, ESPN2, ESPNU. That's a, a wonderful place to see something grow. You see a sport hit ESPN and, and the, the bump it gets is pretty substantial. You know, look at hockey. Mm-hmm. Um, outside yeah. of that, I, I'd say... We'll be back. I don't know when. Um, we'll work on something fun and interesting. And whenever that happens, maybe two weeks, maybe a month. I don't know. But we'll try and be around for something fun, something interesting. I mean, who knows? We might get a, a transfer in here in the next two days, and then we're back here on Wednesday. Um, but we'll find a way to be fun, be interesting, and bring you interesting stuff. What's up, Gwen? I cut you on. Oh, no. I just said, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um <laughs> Outside of that, we did, in keeping with this this podcast general theme, we did get a new Taylor Swift album since our last episode. Um, do you have, do you want to just discuss vault songs? Do you have overall conversation you want to have? It's just, it's, it's our aesthetic, so I feel like we have to keep it going. I think, well, Speak Now is like my favorite album. So I had like very high expectations. Um, I don't think, which, I don't think this is a bad thing. I think this is just like, time and age but doesn't have like the same passion i feel like she had when she originally recorded which is fine um i'm a little disappointed in the better than revenge lyric change but i also get it um, <laughs> i love the vault songs i'm not too big of a fan of the one with fallout boy or patrick stump or whatever um but emma when emma falls in love and um what's the other one with the taylor Lautner one i don't 
I don't know why the name. Oh, I can see you. I can see you. Those are those are my favorite. And the music video, I've literally watched a thousand times. (laughs) It's so great. And yeah, the vault songs, I was not disappointed with for the most part. What about you? I um I, I'm sure you saw my anniversary post with with Courtney and I used Timeless. It's it, it immediately in listening to the album, I was like, love it, perfect, stamp it. That's that's where I'm planting my flag. I put it on Threads for those of you who are still using Threads. If there's like eight, <laughs> um, I had like a week where I used it and I was like, well, let's go back to Twitter. Um, same. I, I can see you has been fun. The one that gets stuck in my head is foolish one all the time. And it's like the exception part that I don't know how to like sing just like off the cuff, but like it'll just pop into my head and I just like walk around and I'll just sing it. She's like, are, what are you singing? Yeah, that sort of thing. <laughs> uh, I also don't. The, the the fallout boy electric touch doesn't move the needle for me. Um, but Courtney mm-hmm. likes it. I think it's because she she just likes fallout boy. And so that becomes part of her style. Courtney's my wife for those of you who are keeping home and track at home. Um, and then outside of that. um were you were you distraught that she's added long live to the set list because Courtney was just like in a in a cocoon of of hell for like two days it is unfortunate I will say because it's like I you know I went to Nashville which is like maybe two months ago now and obviously long live is on speak now and I love like long live just has like nostalgic feelings I don't know and it's just it sucks that you know she has the koi fish guitar she has like that really beautiful dress and I don't get to hear it, and it kind of sucks, but it is what it is, I guess. And then I hit a sore spot. We'll let you collect yourself here. It's okay. No, there's a, a rumor of a second U.S. tour for Taylor. And I saw the I saw that seems to make sense to me because there are a I lot of places she didn't go. The dates. the dates don't make any sense because yeah, there's football saying. games all over the place the same weekend. It just doesn't make any sense. That's just somebody with a with a Google Doc and too much time on their hands. Um, yeah. but. I could see a second tour. I mean, she only made one stop in Florida. There's um, a lot of stadiums she didn't hit. There's a lot of places yeah. she could go again. It's not like there's a lack of demand. I mean, <laughs> I went to three shows and I'm sitting here going, yeah, I mean, we can go to Miami. I actually almost tried to, con- I tried to convince her when she announced the speak now date that we should go to Kansas city. I was like, that's going to be a big one. We got to be there. That's the one to go. And she's like, you're ridiculous. That you and think it was, we're oh spend- my God. It was. I was like, well, she was like, you're out of your mind if you think we're going to spend the money to fly to Kansas City, get hotels, now buy tickets. We're going to spend like four grand. I was like, it's going to be a big one, though. (laughs) You know, it's like, this is going to be the Super Bowl one. I don't know. This feels this not very often. We can put a dart on one and go, this one's going to be big. But that one, I mean, obviously it was. Um, And I'm I'm a back to December girly, so I can't control myself there. but yeah, so I, I I imagine she's only got what three cities to go here: Seattle, Santa Clara, and then her like week long trip in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, ask do we have to watch surprise songs like in other countries too? Is she gonna do things there? Like, am I gonna have to be like up at like two in the morning or or one p.m. watching like a Singapore live stream or something? I guess. I mean, I I don't know why she wouldn't. Let us sleep. <laughs> There's no sleep during the Eras tour. Obviously not. Um, again, if you've made it this far in the podcast, thank you for caring about us as people. It's fine. We, you know, we're we're not just soft. Well, Gwen's not just a softball robot, and I'm not a robot to just ask Gwen questions. So I appreciate you listening all the way through. Like I said, we'll get some fun interviews. I think we're going to effort um, anyone and everyone around the program, been around the program, friends of the program, any of those types of things. We'll see where we can connections. And I'm going to force Gwen's dad to come on the show and join us because he's our biggest <laughs> fan. 
and we have to have our biggest fan join us at least once. So um, that's uh, that's for those of you who stuck around longer to get the sneak peek of what we're hoping for and, and what we're aiming to do here for you. And hopefully that'll bring us around. When's the first game? Like first week of February. So we've got six, seven months to go. So plenty of time. To my do dad. Stuff. A countdown. He has a countdown. There you go. See, our the FSU softball is number one fan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but until then, for Brian and Gwen, that's a wrap. <laughs>